What's up? Bobby Hoyt here. Welcome to The Money Shop. Today I had Julie Berninger on from Gold City Ventures. Uh, she's somebody I've known since like 2018 and she used to work at Apple. When I, when I first met her, she was working at Apple. She was crushing it. She was working on the Apple Watch and she quit. She quit that job, which is like a good, well-paying job uh, at an amazing company. And she did that basically to start working online. And so she had a, a blog called Millennial Boss that she still owns now, but she was working on that. And then eventually she started a company called Gold City Ventures with a guy named Cody Berman, who I'm hoping to have on the podcast soon. Uh, but they help people make money with Etsy and it's blown up. It's a multi-seven figure business now. Um, and it was just a, we had a great conversation, but this was like the quintessential what I want out of the money shop kind of conversation because it was two people who own seven figure businesses that were talking about, I don't know what it's like to own that kind of company, but really like the conversations we were having were kind of the inside conversations that I have with a lot of my friends and a lot of people I know um, that are building wealth or, you know, people that have like, you know, multi, multi, multi kind of million dollar net worths. Um, this is the stuff that they talk about when nobody else is really around. And this is, this is a good conversation that I think was cool for everybody to be able to listen in on, listen in on. Um, I will say that this is one that like, if you don't want to hear about things like private chefs, it's probably going to piss you off a little bit, right? Like you're going to, you're going to be sitting there going like, really, these people are talking about all these problems that they have and like they solve it with money. But, um, that's not really what it's about. You know, what it is, is like when you start to have success in your business, you want to try to buy your time back so that you can put more of that time into the business. Um, and that's what we talked about. We did talk about, you know, she recently hired a private chef, a fractional private chef, which I didn't know fractional was a thing. Um, but she talks about the time that that saves. And she talked about having a nanny and like, you know, transparently, like my wife have talked, my wife and I have talked about those things as well. And so it was cool to, to talk through those things with her and the benefits of it, the drawbacks, uh, the cost of it and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but we talked about way more than just that. We talked about business. We talked about like what separates people that make it and are successful with people that maybe don't. Uh, we talked about what it was like to work at Apple, which I thought was a really cool conversation and how that, how that experience for Julie at Apple has translated into her business success. Uh, so great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. If it pisses you off, I'm sorry, but it's a great, great conversation. Uh, and I'll see you in the podcast. Hi, Julie. Hi. Doing? <laughs> Good. I'm doing great. Uh, we were just talking about kids and how, how hard it is to have kids. <laughs> like, yep. um, you just said though, I, I want to, there's so much stuff. I haven't talked to you in so long. Every person that I've had on this podcast, I realized I haven't had, I haven't talked to them since like 2020 ish, or maybe yeah. even before, probably mm -hmm. like FinCon or whatever. Yep. Um, but you're doing, you've done so many different things and your journey is like changed a lot because when I first met you, you, I thought you were like, you were like on a track to like become like a corporate CEO or something like of like Apple or something like that. Like yeah. that's, um, and now you're, you're doing like, you're crushing it with the work from home, digital stuff, basically the same kind of stuff that I'm doing. But, um, but you were just talking about scaling up your business. Why do you want to do that? Why? Because I'm a crazy person and yeah. nothing is ever enough for me. So there's that. <laughs> do you, I mean, like, cause I get this question a lot because like we're hiring full-time employees. We actually just hired another full-time employee yesterday, which we're super stoked about. Um, but we're, I feel like in the digital space, at least like there's, there's like solopreneurs, there's people that do all contract teams, there's people that do full-time stuff, but there's like, some people are really comfortable just like not ever scaling. Like, um, mm -hmm. I think a good example is like Michelle Schroeder and she's going to come on the podcast at some point, but like, she's super happy, like just doing her blog. It does really well. And like, doesn't seem to want to like take it to some crazy level. And I envy that in a lot of ways. Cause I'm like, I wish I was just, it'd be cool to just be like 
just like content with like this is awesome where we are but it doesn't sound like you're that way nope i'm not at all and oh it's I wish I, I were, and we have a lot of friends in this space that are from the financial independence retire early community, and that's where mm -hmm. I came from, right? I had a blog about how I wanted to retire in my 30s, and then I realized, this is so not me. I am, <laughs> it's not me at all. What am I blogging about? This is fake. So for myself, it's been more, how can I push myself to the next level? Life is a movie you only watch once. What do you want to do in this life? And of course, mm -hmm. family is a big pillar for me right now. Sure. But business is too. And I'm really, I'm inspired by people like Elon Musk. I mean, love him or hate him. He's contributing to society in a really sure. cool way. I would love to get there. Now, will a blogging and the business I have right now get me there? I don't know. Uh, maybe it will be the his version of PayPal or something that kind of provides the capital to move to the next thing. But that's where my head's at right now. That's cool. That's cool. So like you, you want to grow like a massive company. Is that, is that kind of right? Yes, and it feels exhausting right now. Um, I don't know if Gold City Ventures will be that. Cody is the best partner. I mean, I'm ride or die. He, I want him there till the end because I just love working with him. Yeah. But I think I want to do something big. Like I'm really into the clean energy space. I have a friend that started Modern Fertility. It's that fertility testing for women. Mm -hmm. I feel like that type of company really changes the world. Not that ours doesn't, and on a small micro scale, I mean, I'm helping women start small businesses. It's allowed them to leave their jobs help their families it's I am changing people's lives but I want to do it in a more bigger corporate way just I don't think right now it's possible to have that type of company with having small kids at home and sort of how my lifestyle is yeah and I know that because I used to work like you said at Apple I worked at Amazon I saw how these big companies operate and you can't just shut it off at night I mean there's somebody that has to be there to make sure the company's working 24 hours a day you have sure. all these people it's a big thing so I'm not ready necessarily right now but I still have my eye on the prize for that so I want to become wealthy so that I can roll this into something bigger what do you consider as wealthy I would say well if you asked me a long time ago I would be <laughs> modeling after the 30 something retirees that one or two million walk away that's enough right but now that I have kids and I have certain experiences I want the kids to have I realize that being the mom, I need household services that I didn't even factor in before. So for example, Bobby, we just got a personal chef. Yeah. It's a fractional personal chef, but it is life changing. We were talking about how I have a six month old and the first kid, I was constantly hungry and kind of hangry to be honest. And mm -hmm. it just was always like a thing, you know, taking more time out of the day to, to cook. And I wanna spend my free time building my company. So have a fractional personal chef. She comes eight hours a week and basically handles the menu, handles everything. We just give her feedback. It's awesome. That's okay. I have a lot of questions about that because my wife and I have been talking about doing that for a very long time. So we do, um, right now we do like a delivered meal prep stuff to the house. Like we, and it's yep. great. Like they, it's like chef quality kind of stuff and they deliver it. It's a local company that does it. And that's really cool. But I still cook dinner every night and I like cooking, but I'm also getting to the point where I'm like, man, I don't, it's like, it's kind of a, it's hard. It's like, it's a weird thing when you're growing a business and you start have to, you really have to think about your time and like what's worth it to do and what's not. And then like something like cooking is like something I really like doing, but I'm like, should I be doing this right now? Like I could be doing something else that like makes more money or I'm spending more time with my family or, or whatever. Um, how has the chef thing been? Like, has it been awesome? And like, how does it work? So, so basically, Every single week, the chef emails us a menu and we get, she comes twice a week for four hours each time and we get four meals per time. 
but the meals you can pick the serving size so i'm eating okay. them for breakfast i'll eat them for lunch the next day i mean you just kind of work it out and she'll do whatever you want so i mentioned i have a four-year-old to you she'll cut up snacks for the four-year-old like apples and cheese I want smoothies in the morning so I can grab and go, so I can come and do podcasts and things like this. So she'll do whatever you want, really, but it has to fit in that time frame. And okay. also she'll go shopping in that time frame, too. So she goes, looks in my fridge, sees what I have for ingredients, and then she goes and she buys whatever she needs and then comes back. But what's been really important about this in our family is that I have a strength and conditioning coach husband that eats, like, paleo, keto, so clean. And we used to get into these little quibbles because I was pregnant, hangry, just had a baby, and I want to eat all the carbs and everything. <laughs> and he's making me, and I, I'm so grateful that he cooked for me, but he would make me these like so clean, like sweet potato is your carb meals. And it was just killing me. So <laughs> put that on the chef to figure out how to figure out what he wants, what a toddler needs and what I need. And it's like mentally she's doing that. She's figuring out the menu and I just give her the feedback. So I love it. It's, it's expensive. I'm not going to lie. Like it's probably a thousand dollars a week. I'm in the Boston area. I don't know where it would be where you live. Yeah. But sometimes, like, when you do get to that next level of spending, you're like, oh, actually, this is really good, and I'm just going to work harder so I can keep this up. And we've always had that feeling, whether it's, like, adding cleaning people or now the personal chef. I mean, it's it's the vibe that was going on in our house right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, and it, to me, it makes sense, especially with what your husband does, too. Like, it, I, it totally makes sense for him to have somebody doing that. It, like, um, that's the, the interesting thing that I've, I've found about, like, as I've made more money – I thought I would be wanting to like buy Rolexes and like stuff like that, but I, I increasingly like time. Like I'm just trying to buy time back. Like we have yard guys now. We have people that clean the house. Um, I pay my mother-in-law to come over and, and essentially like do nanny type stuff. Um, and then now we're doing the food stuff and I think we're going to go take it to the next level with the chef thing. But like, it's just, it's weird how like, uh, things aren't really, don't get me wrong. I still like nice stuff, but like, I, I don't gravitate toward that as much. It's more about like convenience and time and all that. Yeah. Same with me. And I was inspired by someone, Michelle Rohr. She's in the Etsy planner space that I'm in. And she talked about how, if you walk through your house and there's something that you see that kind of annoys you every day, but you're not just making the decision to replace it or to buy something to fix it or whatever, you're kind of wasting your time and you're taking up this mental space. So ever since then, I just, I don't want to say I pay away my problems. I don't want to be wasteful, like I'm concerned about the environment like everyone else, all the millennials. But I'm truly, like I embody that now. So for example, my daughter, she doesn't fit in her leggings anymore because her legs are growing. I just went on the internet and bought leggings in two seconds. Whereas yeah. in the past, I'd be like, oh, I need to get new leggings and it would just take forever and then this decision just weighs there. Right now I have handymen upstairs and yeah. I booked them for six hours and I gave them the list of all the things that were in my head, including I bought a carpet cleaner on Prime Day and did not unbox this thing, did not figure out how it works. I'm staring at a juice box stain, like disgusting for months. Yeah. They came and he is unboxing right now that carpet cleaner and he's gonna get that juice box stain. And I just, oh, I just cannot wait to like see that. <laughs> so in the past, I would have like done it myself, right? But um, I don't wanna do that. Now, my husband, he values physical labor. Okay. So I just told, I made him, I told him like, hey, I know you want to go mow the lawn, but like, can you just give me five years? Cause these kids are young. And when you're out there doing your thing, we got chaos in the house and like, we got to work this out. So he said, yeah, I'll do it when we get older, when the kids get older. Yeah. I, I hired a handyman one time. I, it's a, I hate this story, but I, I like telling it sometimes I, ha I hired a handyman because we had some fans and I was like, this was back when we were, I was, I didn't have anybody really working with me or like maybe, maybe like one or two people, but like I didn't have a team. And so it was like, I was grinding. Like you probably remember those 
early days of when you were starting yeah. with the Etsy stuff or whatever. Like, um, and so I didn't have any time. So I hired a handyman to come install some fans that my wife wanted installed. And he got to the house and, uh, and I opened the door and he like looked at me and he was like, am I at the right house? And I was like, bro, <laughs> I, was like, oh, I was like, this sucks. Yeah. You're at the right place, you know, but it's, it's a weird thing. And I used to feel guilty about that kind of stuff, like paying for that kind of stuff. Cause I, I didn't grow up that way. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I, my dad, um, was an engineer or is an engineer. Um, but, and my mom was a secretary at a school. So like, we didn't have all that stuff. And so like, it took me a while to kind of like get used to like, okay, I pay for these things. Like I, I can afford this. I deserve this. Um, did you struggle with that stuff at all? Yeah, I did. I mean, I grew up middle class, um, and in my town was upper middle class. So I always had a chip on my shoulder of like what my friends had or whatever. Yeah. Um, and my parents are still in that and they are very uncomfortable with the wealth that we've built. So Mm. when they come to my house and I have food from the personal chef, my mom won't eat it. Or I'll, yes, I'll, I'll book like a nice hotel for my husband and I, and I want my parents there because anyone with kids knows if the grandparents are going to be involved, like have them come on the vacation and help you so you can get like a minute to breathe. Right. But my mom, she won't, they won't stay at the hotel that we're staying at. And when I did invite them for dinner, they ordered off the kid's menu. Oh my goodness. I was like, oh, so they got like a real thing about it. Yes. It's like so bizarre. And they're like really nice, regular people. It's just. I feel like there's this, like, where I am now and where I came from um, that's a little bit mismatched. And also just the services thing, not everyone gets it. And it just feels probably extravagant to most most people. But, you know, you talked about you feel bad about the handyman. My husband also had the reaction the first time I hired handyman. And I could, and he was, like, kind of awkward with the guy. Like, why is that guy, like, changing our light bulbs or whatever? I can do it, blah, blah, blah. But yeah. he got over it. For women, it can often be the childcare. Yeah. where you might feel like bad that the nanny's here and why aren't I watching my kid, whatever. So I still have that back and forth. Um, I still don't have full-time childcare, which is completely crazy, and it's made us nuts, Yeah. Uh, which we should, but we're working our way up to it. I think we're at like 30 hours a week. We're talking okay. to the nanny about getting to 40 soon. And, you know, it's it's great because I'm here. You can hire a nanny in your house, and then you can see your kids all day. You can see them at lunch. So there's That's... no reason for me to feel bad, but I do. Yeah, that's the thing. I've thought about that too, because as, as my wife and I have talked about it, like her mom can only do so much. Like, she comes over and, I think twice a week now, and it's great. But like when we have a second kid, like I know how busy I'm, I am, you know. And it's just like, man, I think we should probably go down that route of having somebody come, maybe even one or two more days. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just like, uh, I don't know. I've I've wondered about that. Like, is that not good for your kids? But then I also think that I'm like. I see my kid every single day, like whether somebody else is helping out or not. Like I feel like, you know, 30 years ago when somebody was trying to build a company and they had to do the, like the nanny thing, they probably never saw their kids. And it's like, that is crazy. And so I feel, I feel like we're kind of at a sweet spot where it's like, we, we, if you can afford to do something like that, it's great. It takes a lot of, it takes the stress down in the house. I feel like, um, but I still see my kid every single day. And it's like, that's the best thing about an online business right now. Oh yeah. And I mean, I can, see my kid whenever I want to. I mean, if I wanted right now to go and do that instead, I would ask the nanny to do something else. Like, for example, I just started being more comfortable asking her to do small chores Mm -hmm. for me. I had a present that I wanted to mail to my friend. I got her this cute little stool for her son's first birthday, and the stool was just sitting in my living room in a box. And I'm like, ah. And then finally, I'm like, why aren't I just asking someone to go to the post office on their way home, you know? So I'm getting so much better at delegating. And we're talking about personal life, but I'm also applying that in my business as well. We, uh, we were talking about being sick perpetually last couple of weeks. 
yeah. I realized I had a couple of small tasks that I wasn't just assigning to our VAs for literally no reason, no reason for me to hold on to the task. And I just like got on Slack and said, hey, can you do this? And it's done. So, yeah. you know, this is a muscle people need to learn to flex or, or they can choose not to flex. But for me, I'm choosing to flex it. Yeah. You, well, and it's interesting for you coming from the fire mentality. Yeah. I, I need to get some fire people on here because I feel like over time, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm anti-fire. Um, I just don't think those people are as happy as they seem like, as they talk about being. And maybe that's totally biased, yeah. but like we've got a guy on our team, uh, one of our web developers that is like, he's way into the fire thing and he's miserable. I, well, I don't know. Tom, sorry if you're listening. <laughs> you look he seems miserable. miserable in his, he, well, he seems miserable in his job for sure. But yeah. the, like the stuff he's talking about, like he's sending us like, he sent us some Taco Bell thing where it's like, dude, if you buy this pass, you can get a taco every single day. And for, it's for a savings of like $37. I don't remember what it was, but I was just sitting there going like, dude, you are putting so much energy into like squeezing every single little penny. Um, and maybe other people are just wired differently. You know, maybe people like that, but I just don't think it's actually that great. Yeah, I, I mean, I've thought tons about this, actually. And when I was going through the fire quest, I made sure to meet some of my idols and, and sort of like check out what they were doing in their life. Like I would go, you know, visit and meet up with them and have lunch and just see like what their vibe was. So I, I did see they are the real deal. And there are people that that does make them happy. But I think there's a couple categories of fire person. There's the person that, you know what, they don't have the ability to earn a million dollars a year. They, that's right. just not them. So saving is going to be their way that they do it. But I realized, oh, actually, I'm good at earning money. Like, I feel <laughs> weird saying that, but there's some people that it just clicks yeah. for them. That's not the problem for me. The right. problem for me is, like, I don't have the time to pursue all my ideas and to really execute on them. But I'm in that category. So in that category, I don't need to be Taco Bell couponing. I need to be focused on eyeing the prize earning. So, right. you know, that's just me. So I, I think that's it. It's different for everyone. I don't know the person on your team. Maybe they're more of a save more vibe, which is fine. But if yeah. you're an earn more vibe, what are you doing? Do the Hermosi thing, like he's saying, stop trying to cut costs and like focus on making more money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, Tom's, Tom's a funny, he's a funny guy. He's just, he's just, uh, I think he's just trying to get out as soon as possible. That's the thing that's interesting about the fire movement. Like I never had it. I had a job that I didn't like, but I just, my way out was like, I'm just going to quit and start a business, which is like a very high risk sort of way to do it, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the time, like, I don't know, I wasn't making that much money. So it wasn't that crazy. And I was young. Uh, but it seems like these engineers and these people get kind of trapped in these like pretty high paying jobs, especially if they're on the coast, you know, they're making 200 grand a year, 250. Yeah. And then it's like, they're, but they're miserable. And it's like, they just hate what they're doing. That's what it seems like the fire movement seems it, like, that's what it appeals to, at least from the outside. I've never been a fire person. Yeah, I mean, there is that category, but I've met so many of them. There are tons of people in another category, too, where they just are passionate about other things and they don't want to focus all their effort, their, mm. their life on work. I mean, I think this applies to anything. Like, you spend so much time working for an employer, like 40-plus hours a week, and yeah. ooh, do you want to spend that time there or doing something else? I even think about it with education for my kids. Like, when I'm... I always used to be public school all the way. That's where I came from. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. But now I'm like, you know, they're going to be sitting in those desk chairs for a significant amount of time of their life. Like, I want to make it interesting. I should put some effort into figuring out if this is going to be a good use of their time. I could care less in terms of like, oh, is it going to make them like Harvard millionaires and gra right. graduate? It's more like they're going to be putting their butts in those seats for so long. I just want to make sure it's interesting for them. So do you want to, are you thinking about going like the private school route or you're just trying to figure out like, are you doing it like the homeschool or the home teacher thing? 
I am not a home teacher. Oh my goodness, not definitely. Because you, like <laughs> you, you could bring in the teachers. You can, and actually, I now you know now that we've met more entrepreneurs, I'm realizing there are more options there. There have mm -hmm. been times with the back-to-back -back illness, like literally, we got COVID two days into preschool this year, and then we got another Jeez. bug. I'm like. Can I just like pay, the, like one of my friends is a teacher. I'm like, would this be weird if I just brought up to her like, hey, do you want to come and, you know, your kid and my kid come meet at my house and we can like educate them here. But I realized when, now that my daughter's four, she has such a good time at school and they put yeah, so okay. much effort into the curriculum and like the kids. And when people say it's a socialization, it really is. So yeah. I'm just going to roll with the bugs and the germs and kind of like get through it the best that I can. <laughs> But um, I thought about that. And, you know, homeschool, definitely not for me. I've considered Boundless Life recently, which is that program that? that you So you can go to Greece or Portugal or, you know, Europe, a couple locations, Italy for, I think, Bali too, for three months. Or you can do the four-week program. And they have an attached kind of preschool, elementary school. Okay. So the parents can kind of meet in a co-working space and then the kids can um, do that. So we've we've really considered that with our kids. But right now we're very focused we've traveled we've lived all over we're very focused on like let's just try to give her the in my now my second baby let's try to give them like the experience like the hometown experience that i had for now we live near the grandparents okay. i want to yeah. try to i want to do the, the the soccer and all that right now and we'll see and if you know in five years once we kind of get through the the young kids log then we'll look back up and say okay maybe we'll do something more inventive but no i was thinking more like private boarding school for high school or like something like that because i had a lot yeah. of friends in college that did that route and I was thinking, that's ridiculous. But now I'm like, oh, is it that ridiculous? I mean, they were taking these really amazing electives, like intro to European <laughs> history that I just loved when I got to college and had the chance to do. So I don't know, maybe. Um, I have two questions. So actually, is it weird for you? Like, do you have a, are you, do you have a situation where you have like friends that kind of know how well you're doing, but maybe don't know exactly how well you're doing? Like, is it hard to, like, talk about stuff in front of them, like any of the stuff that we're talking about? I don't think it's – my friends root me on. Like, they were the beta testers for my course. I've known these girls because I moved back to where I'm from. I've known them my whole life. So they just think I'm their nutty friend that does stuff on the Internet, and they think <laughs> yeah. it's cool. And sometimes they're like, oh, like, I have an idea, and, we, you know, we talk about it. But they're not actually that interested. I don't, I don't think that's weird. I think there's a little bit of um, – lately like oh you don't actually get how much things cost julie like there was a couple times where i've been like oh let's just do this and they're like let's just do that sure like you realize this is expensive and we're not just going to do that right. so you know i've had that or like i just booked a trip to disney world and my vibe on vacation is like i'm gonna pay for the least stress ever and i'm not yeah. i'm not a super mom where i can like travel with five kids and 100 bags and do it i'm like let's just book the most convenient spot we're going to do the most convenient flights we're not going to do weird times we're just going to like get there right. and you know what it kind of totals out to be is a little bit expensive so sometimes yeah when i'm doing stuff like that i'm like oh this is a little bit weird i think more where i feel somewhat of the isolation is just i moved back to where i'm from and there aren't tons of entrepreneurs here now boston there are but not like the digital marketing techie kind of space that we're in it's yeah. really hard so in my ideal world, I would have like three or four friends that would also be available during the day and I can meet them and be like, hey, let's go to brunch, let's get a coffee and let's talk business and like shoot the shit and, you know, mm -hmm. have fun. I don't really have that. I have a community. I have a lot of like stay at home moms that I see in the area and they help me with, you know, what's what in terms of kids stuff like this place is open on Tuesdays. Let's go here. But I don't really have that uh, community of tech people so if i could change something mm -hmm. about my community like it would be more that yeah that makes sense i have a it's funny i've got a friend 
that is really like does very well in business. He's very wealthy, and it's like um, he's I think he's like forty seven years old. But we do golf trips and stuff, and so like we have this we have like our group has like a wide range of like like everybody's I feel like successful in their own way, but it's just like a wide range of like some people are like you know worth fifty million dollars and some people are not. And it's interesting seeing like it's like when we go on a trip, it's hard to like get all of the get everything to where it's affordable for everybody, but everybody's also happy because like you get mm-hmm. people when they have like tons of money that are just like, I just want to pay for whatever, you know, like I'll just put, let's go do the best thing. And then you do that and it's like it, other people aren't happy. So like, is that you, you mentioned like traveling, like how do you handle that on trips or like if you're going with friends? I think part of the thing is I haven't gone on trips since I've had my kids. So I have a four-year-old. Yeah, I have a four-year-old and I have a six-month-old. So that's something I'm talking about with my husband, and he feels the same way. Like, let's start to bring back in the interest group stuff that we do. Like, he's really into hunting, strength and conditioning, archery. He's got, like, these luthery guitar. He's got deep passions, So and he right. loves going to conferences too. So he wants to do more of that. He, he just booked a trip now to do some hunting thing. I don't even know. And then for me, um, I am into this online business stuff. And I want not, not necessarily FinCon, but I want to go back and start meeting people. Like when we all used to hang out at FinCon, that was yeah. so fun, right? Like to get jazzed about the same stuff with other people that love what you do. So I'd love to do more of that. I just feel like I can't that much with kids or it's like too stressful. Um, but to, to be clear, though, I, my sister, she's single in her 30s. She said you just can't go on trips in, with friends in your 30s. Like no matter what, you know, <laughs> you just can't. Like somebody's always in a bad mood. They don't like what you cooked or oh, whatever. It's just true. the way it is. Yeah, 30s are weird. 30s are an interesting time. Because um, I'm – how well, I'm 35. How old are you? 34. 34, yeah. It's like – it's a weird thing because it's like I look in the mirror and I'm like – I'm like, what the hell happened the last 10 years? Like it just, they go yeah. by so fast. And I think COVID had something to do with that too. Like the, um, the time warp of COVID, but like, do you feel 35 or 34? Like the, or do you still feel like you're 20 something? I still feel like I'm the age when you and I met and we all were just like building together Me these too. businesses. That's how God. I feel. But you know, my, how does my body physically feel like after <laughs> two kids? Yeah. I feel way well, older yeah. than 34. I'm tired, but you know, it's, my mind is still there. And even I kind of like when I catch up with coworkers or people that I talk to at that time, I feel like that's where I am. But you know, maybe because I've been more isolated COVID, like you said, who knows? Yeah. Do you still feel uh, pretty like connected to the personal finance community or? Not, I think not necessarily the people that we all met then. Yes. They're all new people though. So Cody, my business partner, he still is going to FinCon. He's still interacting with people. He's picked up all these new TikTok, Instagram friends Mm -hmm. And that's how they do their thing. Whereas I think we were more blogging, affiliate marketing, vibe, yeah. podcasting. So yes and no. Yeah. We're at, I'm doing FinCon. Um, we, it's, it's interesting now because like I, I went through a period of time where it's like, not that I didn't enjoy, and for people that don't know what FinCon that are listening, it's, it's a personal finance conference that happens every year. Um, but like I remember back in 2018, 2016, 17 when we were going, and it, like – it was so much fun. And then at some point I kind of was just like, I don't want to do this anymore. It's like, not that I didn't like the conference, but I was just like, I just don't feel like there's anything there for me at the moment. But now it's like, now that we have a team, we're doing it differently. So like we just rented a house and all the employees and everything are coming out. We're using it as like planning plus FinCon. But, um, it's just weird. I, 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 as I went deeper down the rabbit hole of like, uh, just building, business and I guess courses and online stuff, I became less interested in just like this, the pure personal finance side of things. And I don't know why. 
Yeah, I mean, I think it goes, for me, back to the earn more thing and then also the create versus consume. Because at the beginning, we were trying to consume as much as we can. And then there yeah. gets to a point where it's like, no, I know enough now. This is execution time. Heads down, boom, got to go. And that's yeah. where I've been at. So I'm not really looking for secrets. Like, if anything, <laughs> I want to find out, like, what you do for your tax stuff. I mean, I think you helped us with some CPA recommendations. Like, that's what yeah. I need to discuss with somebody. Not necessarily, hey, can you tell me, you know, how your funnel works and this email, you know, how to lift your conversion. I'm interested yeah. in that, but, like, not the same way I was. Yeah. Yeah. It is interesting. I, I found that, like, especially now that I'm hired, because, like, the person we just hired, uh, they're going to be ahead of content. Um but it's like as I've hired people, it's like now they're starting to take over those things that I used to obsess over. And so now I'm like finding myself in this weird place where I'm just focusing on the business. And like the tax stuff is a big thing that like it's such a rabbit hole. And it's like I have friends that try to do that stuff without having any guidance. Um, but like right now, I don't know how your stuff's set up. And like I've got multiple LLCs and like I've got a family management LLC now. And it's like all stuff that wasn't my idea at all. But um my accounting team was just like, you need to do this. And I was like, okay. But it, it causes like, uh, it makes, makes things really complex. And I, mm -hmm. I feel like I'm just sort of getting started with it too. But it's interesting how like that shift happens over time where it's like, no, I don't really care as much about the marketing funnels. I still care about them, but like somebody else is watching those. And now it's like, what's the overall strategy? How do we do all these different LLCs? We're talking about acquiring an accounting firm, which is like a, you know, like a wild thing. So like getting into all this other weird stuff. Um, is that, what your like your your Etsy course is like established and you can tell people about that too if you want but mm -hmm. like that's been pretty established it's been going for a while like are you starting to move into that next kind of tier of just or have you already been there we've already been there because me having kids so okay. Cody is a digital nomad and he wants to go all around the world um, which he he works every single day around the world but that's what he wants and then for yeah. me I have just had two kids in the last four years. So I had to make everything as turnkey as possible. I mean, yeah. we're Zapier. We use everything. We got the VAs. Mm -hmm. The business itself is turnkey. It's, you know, based on affiliates. So every day we have consistency of what's going to happen. And right. the work that we're doing is trying to grow it and, you know, bring mm -hmm. more leads through the funnel or coming up with other things. So from our perspective, the last couple of years, like we've had that cruising. And yeah. like you said, it's more the things that we were doing, like to keep the lights on, we're going to hire people to do that. And then now we're starting to give them different tasks, different pillars so they can go out and help us grow in various spaces. So for us this year, we focused on the blog and organic, mm -hmm. and then we focused on social, which we haven't quite figured out social yet. Like that's hard to delegate down, uh, but we're working on it for the business though. Like we're the same place as you. Um, we're just starting with the tax stuff. Like we just hired in the, the summer. Yeah. And really, like, what we're learning more than, you know, I'm starting with a lawyer, too, for the entity structure, but it's more yeah. about real estate and acquisitions. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I have the time with the real estate. Cody does tons of it. On the acquisition side, we actually just acquired a podcast. It hasn't been announced yet. Oh, that's cool. But we're super Congrats. excited. Thank you. So that's, you know, a way that I realized, oh, you don't have to go zero to one and start a business from scratch. You can just, like, once you have the cash... How do you deploy that cash to get yeah. what you want in the fastest way possible? So for us, it was like, yeah, like we can bring a podcast on. There's different benefits to that. Let's just acquire somebody else's in our space yeah. and like take that. So we're and then there's sort of that kind of ties into the tax stuff, too, depending on, you know, what you're doing. So that's sort of what we're thinking at, like M&A, rev shares, profit sharing deals, joint ventures, where it's not obvious to our customers 
what we're doing. Like this is something Cody and I are doing for Gold City Ventures, but it's not necessarily the podcast will be obvious, but like some of these other stuff, like Gold City Ventures has like a, a ghost rev share in someone else's company. That's not going to be obvious to them. So right. that's what we're where we're at right now. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and I've I've found the same thing. It's like it's like now I'm interested in buying other businesses because it's so hard to start a business and it's so hard to get it to like you know, a certain point, but I didn't have the cash to, you know, five years ago, six years ago, I didn't have cash to go do something like that. So like when we're looking at buying an accounting firm, it's like one, I would have never wanted to do that, but it makes sense with what we're doing because we've got a bookkeeping course and we're, we're coming out with an accounting program. Um, but it is interesting how it just kind of like gets more complicated over time. So you, I do want to know about the podcast though. Like, I don't know if you're telling people, obviously like you haven't told anybody about it, but like, what is that process like? And, and like, why buy a podcast? Okay. So what is the process like? So what I'm finding, it sounds like just like real estate where, yeah, you could go on a brokerage or a website and see what's available. But honestly, we know a lot of people from being around the space. When yeah. you hear that someone doesn't want to do their podcast anymore and it's perfect for your thing, that's a chance that you get in their DMs and you know you suggest to have a call. So yeah. that's sort of how it came about. Um, we built up goodwill in our niche for a long time. So it's not like a random person just messaging them. So that, that's how that deal came about. And the idea is that we want to continue to serve our customers information on how they can succeed on Etsy. The course that we have in the membership is to how to sell digital products on Etsy. It, Etsy podcast makes perfect sense for us to jump in. We yeah. haven't wanted to start one from scratch. And in fact, Cody and I, I don't want to say that sometimes we like talking more about what I'm talking about with you than specifically yeah. Etsy, but I mean, there's the piece of that where at the beginning I was Julie, the Etsy seller. And right. now I have six coaches on my team and I have 6,000 sales on Etsy and they have 20,000 sales on Etsy mm -hmm. because they are living in it day to day. And when something like changes in the Etsy, like I've hired the right people that they'll be on top of it. Like they'll know to tell the students all of that stuff. And it's my job to figure out how do I communicate that, include it in the course and get the students the best result. How do I bring more leads in all that? But like, we're just in different roles. So Cody and I now are discussing for the podcast, like who's going to be the talent. You know, I, I know you had mentioned you wanted to create the barstool sports model. Mm -hmm. I would love to figure that out for gold city ventures because I want to give a platform to some of these rock star Etsy sellers I have on my team where it's not Julie Berninger, Etsy seller, gold city ventures. It's their name and they can yeah. be the talent like chicks in the office or, you know, Rachel Cruz, Dave Ramsey. So I think that's where we're probably headed coming up with what those things are it's not super easy there's that like we're talking about you know going to fincon i need to talk to people that do stuff like that that's yeah. where i need to be you know interacting and i'm trying more and more um we mentioned the membership hampton that i joined like we're trying i'm trying to find where those people are living and maybe they don't have courses like ours or whatever where i can get the information of like how to implement that i can make it up but with where our company is right now you don't want to make up a rev share or like get yourself in some legal entanglement where you're impacting the success of the business it's not like i'm back making a hundred thousand dollars a year and like who cares i'll start over tomorrow like I'm, right. it's not like that so i need to be a little more careful in how i execute these things yeah no that totally makes sense um it's interesting I've, i think one of the things that i've found um now that i'm hiring full-time employees it's like the networking is super important and I am finding like the more you, God, the higher you get in business, like the more the people part of it matters. And I've never traditionally been good at that, but now I'm like taking people out to business dinners and like, because the relationships thing matters so much. Like that's how business is done a lot of the time, most of the time. Um, but I'm also finding like hiring full-time employees, like they come in and they've got their, this like breadth of experience from a totally different company. 
and they're able to like plug that in to our company. So that's, it's been pretty cool to do that. Like, have you can, have you hired any full-time employees yet? No. And we've went back and forth, but we purposely stayed away from it. Mm. And I think it depends for gold city ventures. I don't know if it makes sense maybe. And you know, I have the side blog millennial boss, which could, it always could have become something right now. I'm happy I have it because from like a tax perspective, if an expense I don't want to share with Cody, I can like stick it on, you know, right. millennial yeah, yeah. boss, right? Like that's very helpful. Um, but I, maybe a business like that makes sense. But for Gold City Ventures, we keep coming back to it and, and we don't want to. And there's a couple reasons why. I think the first thing is that with my situation with the kids and the childcare, I can't be on that many meetings. Right. And the time that I do have face to face, like I want to be doing stuff like this with you. That's how I want to choose to spend my time. That's not necessarily back in the meeting thing. And by the way, I, everyone that works for me, I love them and I'm glad they're there because before I had him, I did have Cody. So I was lucky to have him. Yeah. But I missed that colleague coworker type vibe because I was always friends with my coworkers at work. Like I yeah. would be the type we'd go out to lunch and I so I miss that a lot. So I, I'm glad they're there, but I just don't have the space for them right now to be having those team meetings. Um, and some of them who we work more closely, we do have that. But, you know, with the contractor side, you got to be very careful not to rope them in as employees. <laughs> like you, you have to really hire people that already know what they're doing. You're, you're not necessarily training them um, and you're not like becoming they're not becoming part of your company in the employee way. So yeah, we've stayed yeah, away sure. from that. I just don't think I have the space for them. But, yeah, like if we do want to. If we want to take Gold City Ventures to the next level, like maybe we would need it, but it really depends because the pillars we're trying to grow at right now, I don't know if it needs a full-time person. Yeah. I hired before I thought I needed somebody. I'm a, I'm a big advocate for it, and I'm saying that now because I've only had full-time employees for two years. If you talk to me in 10 years, I might be like, don't do that. Just keep it, keep it lean. Um, but I feel like I've been able to – we've just made so much more – we've just gotten so much more stuff done because it's like, they're always on, not always, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like they're, they're there. The meeting thing is an issue though. Like that's, I'm at a point in my life where I don't mind meetings and they're fun for me, but like, if you can't do meetings, it can, they can get out of control. It's like they multiply. So that is tough. Um, but I would, I would suggest it once you get to the, the point yeah. of doing it. We, Cause it's, we have like 20 contractors. That's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. At LE for at one point, we don't have this many anymore, but at one point we had 20 and it was, it was cool. Um, I think it was just harder though. Like it's, it was harder than having the full-time employees, but, um, I am curious though. Like, so you were, you were going back, going back to just gold city ventures. Are you doing all the real estate stuff? I, like I see Cody stuff all the time. Cody's like all over the place. Like, and I don't know if it's just my algorithm or whatever is like, he's always hitting my algorithm. Um, like, is he, are you doing that under gold city or is that something he's doing on his own? And like gold city does it is just the digital stuff. It's just digital. He does it on his own. And just like him and I partner, with like for this he's got friends and actually a lot of his local friends that he's partnering with for real estate so he's got like a cleaner friend that helps with his airbnb short-term rentals they have a jv he's got a contractor that helps with flips so cody's a people person and he's doing it on his own i would love to do that it's just uh, like in my situation right now i'm more likely to invest in like a syndicate and i did hire Mm -hmm. a financial advisor so this is like a big no-no of the fire community (laughs) financial advisors are going to take your money but this is again back when I'm saying like if you are the save more yeah of course but if you're like in the earn more type and you love business or whatever it just becomes another thing that you got to mentally manage so I used to love like 
getting in the weeds and figuring this stuff out. And then at the end of the day, I still like it, but if I only have a couple free hours a day, I'm not, sp I don't want to spend it this way. So I actually hired a financial advisor. It's called Theory Planning Partners, and it's a boutique for firm just for female entrepreneurs who oh, have cool. seven figure net worth or above. Yeah. So it's really cool. And it's like the golf pro membership too, because all mm -hmm. the other women that are in this are like all really cool. We all have a lot in common because we're all online entrepreneurs typically as well. Yeah. So it's just like the small fee that I'm paying, which, which the fee used to feel really like a lot, but it's the small fee that I'm paying monthly. It's like they're handling the administration of a lot of different moving pieces. And they're talking, when we're talking about the accountant and the estate planning attorney and all that stuff, like I don't want to be connecting all the people um, right. and spending my time in emails doing that. Even though I can, like what I mentioned, I was a project manager at Apple, like it's hard to work there. I had a million different things I had to be responsible for. It's not, some entrepreneurs are like, oh, I don't like that stuff. I actually love that stuff. It's just more, I'm like weird. I love all that, but I can't do it and also have Gold City Ventures and also have two kids. So sure. I had to like pay for it and let go. Um, and I know I'm sounding like now I have all this money, which is not true. Like I still have goals and my husband and I were talking recently about how we wanted to upgrade our house and we were like, no, actually right now that's adding too much stress and like we're going to feel like we have to work too much to yeah. try to afford the bigger house. Like, let's stick with the smaller house. And if we do really well, that's gravy. And like in a few years, we'll revisit kind of where we're at. So we yeah. haven't, you know, hit everything up yet. We still have our stretch goals. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. The, I, honestly, the, the whole point behind this podcast is like, I, I think a lot of times, like, it's hard to talk about some of the things we're talking about and, and people don't get access to the conversations that we're having right now. Like we're talking about chefs and we're talking about this and we're talking about that. Like that is stuff that people who are wealthy or building wealth, like they talk about those things all the time. Like this is what I talk to my friends about a lot. Um, but I feel like there's this, um, you feel like you have to like, like not say it or, you know, if that makes sense. So like my goal with this podcast is just like have these conversations with people like out in the open um, because I think a lot of people just don't ever get access to people that think that way or that are, that are trying to grow and like, how do they grow and like, how do they grow their businesses? Um, so it's just interesting. I don't know. I just, I, so anyway, what I was, the main point of that is like, I just, I think more people should be talking about this stuff out in the open and not like the talking points of like saving and budgeting and stuff like that. So there wasn't really a question attached to that. Um, but I'm curious I've said that like four or five times. Edit that out, Hudson. Um, business partner. Code is your business partner. You're talking about what you're doing in Gold City. Would you, do, would you have another business partner? Like, would you do that again? I would pick Cody again every single time. Not um, Cody, though. Because I'm, I mean, I'm the same way with Mike. Like, I love, I love Mike. I would do any business with Mike. I have had business partners, right? Like, Gwen and I had Fire Drill oh, Podcast. Right. Love Gwen. We were great friends. We went to all the conferences together. It was awesome. But our personalities, and I think she'll say that, we're like totally different people. Um, Co <laughs> yeah. Cody and I are totally different people, but the way that we're different is more like vibey for business and we both want the same things. So would I do it again? Yeah. I, I would probably do it every single time um, because with where I'm at in my life, I have to be realistic and be like, I legitimately have two kids. So there are some times where you know, if something goes wrong, like I actually can't get to it. Now, as you get older in business or more mature, you don't, you realize that you're not going to be perfect and you have to mm -hmm. live with the imperfections. So that's kind of where we're at. Like, you know, if we get a bad feedback of Gold City Ventures for something, 
before I'd be scrambling, like, I got to fix it immediately. Blah, and now I'm like, I do have to fix it. I really care about it. But like, this is the size of the business. It's going to be like this right now. We're going to have to take all those things, prioritize them, deploy initiatives against them. It's not going to be a scrappy like dive. But you know, when a business is starting up, I think having a partner can help me through some of those times. But it's got to sure. be, it's got to be the right fit. And there's also ways that you have to assess, like you have to test truly if you guys are motivated in the same exact way. Because I think someone can say that they're super motivated and then they're not at the end of the day. Um, and that's being myself, someone that I'm like in a very intense person. Um, I got to be matched with someone that also, you know, has that, in, uh, that fire. They don't have to be an intense person, but they have to have the fire to get to the yeah, next level. I was going to say, Cody doesn't come across as intense to me. I haven't talked to him. No. So I need to have him on the podcast. I haven't talked to him in like years, just like everybody else. Um, do you do, I mean, do the two of you like split the labor up? differently based on strengths or is it like a 50 50 thing we we do and it's like we try to get each other able to do the things that each other is interested in so for me coming with my background of being a project manager at apple like i can manage a lot of different things i'm good at testing the tech stuff with me not having tons of availability during the day, often Cody's the first one to implement, like he'll go in and we implemented many chat recently for social media automation for collection of subscribers. Like Cody's taking that first stab and going in. And then I'm the one like trying to break it, you know, with my testing and just being right. so nitpicky. And he's so chill and relaxed. So he doesn't, 99.9% .9 of my nitpicking, he takes it like and just lets it roll off him. Um, whereas, you know, you, we, so like we're perfect combined in that aspect, but you kind of need, cool. You need me to be pressure testing it because otherwise, like, we would have some holes, you know. So, like, some entrepreneurs, maybe they don't, they're missing that element of it. And where I'm coming from, Apple and Amazon, like, you test everything, you deploy it. It's, you know, a watch is going out to a customer. And if the software is all bonked, it's not going to be successful. So, um, I, it's very hard for me to, like, turn that side of my brain off. But I just feel like Cody and I, we gel perfectly with that. Um, and it's so fun. Like, I love spend time with him on the internet. The crazy thing is we actually don't spend that much time in person because I have the kids. Right. So I just went to his wedding. I haven't seen him in so long. Like, I, last time I saw him, he was like a baby face, 20-something, and then I'm seeing like, oh my God, like, you're a, like a man now. You're getting married. Like, you have a <laughs> wife. I'm like, who are you? You have a beard. You look so different. Um, but it was fun to, to get that time together. Yeah, I, I the last, maybe not the last time I saw him. I remember the first time I met him. Um, he he looked like a child like uh, he was yeah. and i wasn't i mean i was like 27 or 28 or something yeah. like that but i remember he walked up to me and he was he was pretty toasted he was very toasted yeah. um but he was hilarious and he just walked up and started talking to me and um man i was just like this is the most ambitious person i think i've ever been around like just the, he was just like so young and like so had such big goals and you would just like look down and you're like, yeah, he's going to do well. Like there's people like that. I feel like that you just meet where you're like, yeah, they're going to probably do really well and make a ton of money. Like, do you meet people like that and have that same sense? Like when you meet them? Yes. Um, and I can even tell in my course, like, I don't know if you can do that too, but there are some oh, students, yeah. the second you meet them, you're like, yep, she's going to be there. And they ended up doing that. Now there's some that they don't even tell you who they are. And then you're like, oh my gosh, how'd you get 40,000 sales on Etsy, Jennifer? Uh -huh. Like, I didn't know, but, but for the most part, you can tell like who's going to be the most engaged. And then, you know, it makes you want to help them. Like if you know students are good, um, you want to lean in more and then we can, I can hire them. And like, I kind of bring them in as kind of like some of you guys helped us at the beginning, right? Like we, I yeah. wasn't we started blogs at the same time, but I wasn't at the level that you guys were at, Grant, Michelle, and you guys helped me and and Cody. 
Um, now I'm like doing that similar thing and it's very mutually beneficial for me to like take a student and hey do you want to you know you can leave your job you want to freelance you want to help me with this XYZ and like I'll help you I'll help you launch your own course I'll help you with your own offerings and we kind of like symbiotically exist um, that I can so I, I guess what I say is like yeah Cody immediately I can tell he's he's gonna act like he's gonna do great things he's in real estate he's excellent in every space he's in I have a lot of uh, students and I have a good read on I think people I can tell whether they have that fire yeah what like what do you think that is like that because I've seen that in our yeah like all the courses that we've done and all the stuff and all the people I met it's like there's that thing where you see the person and it's just like god they're just going to do so well maybe they don't know it yet maybe it'll take them a year or two three years or whatever but like you see it like what is that I think it's not giving up it's being able to convey enthusiasm and, and show your passion and have that translate and you can inspire other people. Like how do you make other people feel? Do you make other people feel jazzed up and motivated after they leave a conversation with you? Are they like, yeah, like let's do, I'm feeling good. <laughs> yeah. That That's type of people that fire me up. And I know when I'm going to these memberships, I'm trying to find that person. And whether they have an online course like me or they run a dump truck company, like I just, I love being around that type of that type of entrepreneur and we could you know I have a lot of friends like you said their kids are like 25 my kids are four and six months but it doesn't matter because we can just connect on that basic like oh we get fired up about this so yeah. that that's what I think it's like some innate quality of their personality that just conveys energy yeah just like mindset and it's yeah and I think have you seen anybody like that doesn't have that make it or like develop develop that I mean maybe I'm not the one that's interested in finding them, you know? <laughs> so it could be, they're probably out there, but I'm, you know, missing them. So yeah, I mean, there's some silent but deadly people out there, as they say. Um, that's true. God, there that's are. True. <laughs> like, you know, you think about your, your neighbors in your town, like they don't have online presences, but I know like my, Doug and I were just talking about um, the neighbor down the street has this massive truck and my husband loves trucks. And he, he likes toys, like spending money on things. So he's been trying to like tell me about getting a new truck. Um, but he's like, oh, like this guy down the street has it. He's like, do you know how much that truck is? It's like 110,000. I'm like, oh yeah, I know they have their own business. They must do really well. But like, yeah. you know, who, who knows like who that, they, like their business is not necessarily something that's forward facing and like influencery. Yeah. There's, it's very interesting meeting business owners like that. Like I've, one of the guys I put, I think golf for me, golf has been a very cool thing because I've met a bunch of people that are like very, very successful. Uh, I've also met a lot of degenerates too. <laughs> like, it's a lot of people that just drink like a ton and, yeah. and party, but like sometimes that like that line crosses between the, the two, like very successful and also kind of degenerate. Um, but like one of the guys I was playing golf with, like I would never have thought he was a wealthy person. Like he dressed, he's my friend too. He might listen to this, like dresses like crap. Um, he was like dry. He has this like Honda Accord from, that's like 300,000 miles on it, but he's like, he's made like $70 million in the last two years or some wild number. And I'm just like, that's crazy that people walk around and can do that. And then also I play, you know, it's like, I met like a, a I play with an NFL ex running back, um, which is really cool too. It's like his mindset stuff that he talks about is just, it's on a different level. Like it's super hot outside and he's just like, what it's comfortable. It's like, he can just fly to himself, but it's cool. Like finding those groups of people where you can like, meet those successful people that maybe not, don't seem successful. Maybe some of them do. There's a lot of different like flavors to it, but like being around those people, I think that's what really takes you to those next levels. Like, have you found you're, you're searching for that. Have you found 
a decent amount of people that are like that that can kind of like mentor you to the next level? I think in past lives I have. So we, I'm from Massachusetts. My husband's from Ohio. We met at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. He's a strength and conditioning coach. So his job was to help the athletes in the weight room get to the next level. And then I was in marketing. So at that time, and we lived in Colorado for five years. So all of our friends were basically Olympic hopefuls and people that my husband coached and like that we met. So those, that was such a cool time. And I felt like I was a college athlete, but I just felt like such like a loser, honestly. Wait, you were? I didn't know that. I played field hockey in college. It was D3, so I'm not going to pretend I was, you know, very good or anything. I mean, I was was in band, so. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, I was a high school state champion, so that's, like, something I can always, you know, tell my children. Um, But, yeah, so, like, we had these friends that were, and we do, because my husband is an elite strength conditioning coach. He likes to work with NFL tactical SWAT team. He was training people for the hostage rescue team, like, these are some very f- intense athletes. And so when we're talking about like the people that have that personality, I also saw my husband's world where like his friends, they had that it factor, but they're having it for fitness. And they could care less. A lot, a lot of them could care less about money. And because, you know, when you're trying to be an Olympic hopeful, you can't have a full-time job. And it's really hard to like start an entrepreneurship thing. So like a lot of them would be working. Hilton, I think, sponsor- sponsored the Olympic committee. And they would like work at a hotel and then, then they would spend all their time like in the weight room with my husband or they would be doing it, you know, their trainings and traveling all around the world. They have to go to like Kazakhstan, like South America. Um, they're putting tons of money on credit cards because they don't have, they're not sponsored. Like most of the athletes are not sponsored. That's crazy. So they're getting in like tremendous amount of debt to try to make a spot that they may not actually make. And actually none of our friends made the Olympic spot after we were there for five years. Like our best friends. None no. of them? No. Um, and, and they were like top in the world. Um, but you know, it, just watching them like do that, like I'm talking about our best friends. Like there are people that we knew there, but like the ones that we were like, you know, hanging out at breweries with and whatever. Um, at the time we used to drink now anymore. We're like, that's not our thing anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyways, what I'm trying to say is like, yes, there were, I lived places where I found those people. Then I lived in Silicon Valley. I found people there, Seattle. But when I had my kids, I was like, I got to be living near either my parents or your parents because I can't achieve all my goals that I want to unless I'm literally next to like family where I text my mom, hey, everybody's throwing up in the house. Can you be here in 15 minutes? And she shows up yeah. like I-, I needed that. So we're back here. I'm back in the cul-de-sac country. And it's, and it's nice. <laughs> it's, <funny>. um, <laughs> it's, it's nice. I, I love being here. And like, I love my family. And, you know, I'm appreciating it and trying to create memories for my kids with the holidays and stuff. But I don't have that in-person network um but i'm trying more and more to get it right so yeah yeah Yeah, it's uh it's interesting with the athletes for sure like athletics is such a there's such a clear like you're either good enough or you're not like that's a that's a thing that doesn't i don't it doesn't exist in a lot of other areas but it's like if you're a football player in texas like you're either big enough to do it or you're not and you're strong enough to do it or not and i feel i feel like sports is kind of cool in that way where it almost like just weeds people out and it's like the best people get to the top and do really well um but i don't think that exists all the time in everything else in maybe in places yeah. maybe it kind of should but i do but, think it happens in entrepreneurship though yes although because i've been around this a lot i see what it takes so now that i've met my husband i realize why i was a terrible d3 college athlete like I was eating pasta and soft serve every weekend <laughs> and I'm fair. like, but I have like really good stick skills. Like, why isn't my coach playing me? Why am I on the bench? <laughs> and now I'm like, literally like I didn't eat protein. I wasn't lifting. I was drinking. Like what I, I would skip the strength and conditioning sessions because like, why do I need to be, you know, any bigger? I, I just, 
I, I see now, like, I didn't have what it takes. I didn't have that. The drive I have to entrepreneurship, I did not have that for athleticism. Right. So it's like, so, the, it's like the genetics plus the, the discipline and yes. the drive and all that. Yes. Like, if I, like I'm 5'6". If I was 5'9 and, like, had a little more weight on me, I could be a lot better, yes. But, like, you can be 5'6 and be good at women's field hockey in college. Like, if this right. isn't, you know, wrestling or something, it's, like, super important to your size. Um, but I didn't have it. I didn't have what it took. Yeah. Well, you have it with entrepreneurship for sure. I'm, uh, I'm getting there. I, I mean, I'm learning. I don't know. It's been fun to watch, to watch what you're doing. I mean, I, I feel like I like, I don't, I've been, I feel like I've been like very removed from everything and, I, and maybe everybody feels that way right now, but like, I feel like I've just been like watching other people and like, we've been building, but we've been building very internally and like, like social media is the last thing that we're going to add. And we're probably not even going to add that till not next year, but the year after like really going hard on that. Um, but it's been cool to like just watch, like watch Cody's journey, watch your journey, watch just everybody. Everybody's like that I know is is doing really well. Um, I am curious about like Apple though. Like, how did that? What did you take from? Well, actually, what was it like to work at Apple? Like, it seems like it'd be uh, cool. I'm kind of pissed that they keep making the same phone over and over again. We're being super honest. Like, that's kind of getting on my nerves. But like, uh, what was it like to work there? I mean, I am so glad I had these experiences, and I. I want to say that I didn't appreciate them as much at the time because I was a fire person. Like when you're talking about, you know, getting in your head, I should have been every single second I was there. Like, I'm so lucky to be here and, you know, soaking it in. And I think a lot of young people can be led astray by some of that fire mentality where, yes, like maybe you, I don't want to say settle for fire, but like if that's, if that's what you can do, then that's fine. But there are people that can do more and try to see if you can be one of those people first before like really settling for I got to be out of here as soon as possible type vibe. Now yeah. that the fire wasn't really what made me want to move on. It was also I was listening to entrepreneurial stuff podcast at lunch after work. And I just knew like at the end of the day, I could give 120 percent of what I'm capable of here. Um, and actually, if you work at Apple, that's what it takes. Everyone loves working there. Really? It's such a cool place to work. You have to, you have to give it your all. Like, there's no way um, you cannot coast there. You have to give it your all. And people really, really care about the product and the brand. And it's it's such such a cool place to be somewhere where everyone really loves it. Um, and there's a lot of like fun perks, like concerts and you know great dining hall and the weather is good there. And it's it, it's stressful. There's a lot of pressure. Um, right. I got that job young. So, you know, I think if I got that job now, I would be, I'd be a little more confident. I would be a little more settled. I was very young. So I was still trying to figure my way out in the role. And that was a little challenging, but, but it was, you know, just, just a truly incredible experience. And I would say, you know, if, if you're someone that's struggling and like you have that job, that is a dream job for you, don't let your future entrepreneurial or, um, you know, fire plans, like, taint it for you because you know you can still like do other things after but just like try to enjoy it because life moves fast and then i'm always like oh that was really cool that i did that but you know and now i moved on yeah no it's super cool i i would have god i would have loved to work in a company like that like going from teaching to like blogging and like now that i'm trying to just grow the company and employees and benefits and all this other stuff it's like man i really wish i just like worked somewhere where i could have seen how all of that worked um and now I have to, I just have to pay people to figure that stuff out, which is fine. But, um, how did they create that culture? Like, or what did they, did they already just kind of have it? Like it's Apple. So you walk in and you just like, you just work harder and everything because it's Apple or did they do things specifically to create that kind of intensity, but also like 
passion, I guess, from the employees? I mean, it's like when you buy a product from Apple, right? Everything is intentional, the way that it's packaged, the experience and the way that you feel when you open the product and you use the product. One thing I was always impressed by, we spent tons of time working with designers on the user experience and I was on the watch. So like, you know, every word on there is carefully selected. And there's a team of people that are paid a lot of money to sit and discuss whether those three words are confusing or not for you. So sometimes, and you know, this is where Cody and I, I don't want to say that we butt heads, but like I'm coming from that background, right? So in the entrepreneurial right. world where we're very scrappy and like, and I'm not, obviously Apple is fast. It's not slow. A lot of people are like, oh, well, I don't want to do all that extra stuff because it's slow. No, it's not slow. Like this is a company, they're moving among the fastest in the world, but they're spending that time on the customer experience like to the nth degree. So sometimes I can get like a little bit nitpicky about that stuff with Gold City Ventures and it just like, I can't turn it off. Like it just drives me so nuts. Whereas <laughs> Cody's more relaxed. Nothing really ever rattles him. So we're perfect because I could be like off on a train of like freaking out and he's, He's like, all right, like, it's going to be fine. Just, you know, we'll fix it. But um, yeah. anyways, I want to say it's like you really care about the customer. And if you think about successful businesses, caring about the customer is all it is, really. That's a great answer. No, and that's – I feel like uh, especially like in the course business, what we do and like, I don't know, even the affiliate marketing stuff we do, it's like it is kind of easy to lose sight of the customer sometimes, which is kind of kind of weird because it's like you're selling stuff to customers. But like – I don't know, you can focus on the sales funnels and the marketing and the ads and the this and the that. And, the, and then it's like, there have been plenty of times over the years at LA where it's like something's like jacked up in one of our courses and we're like, oh, we didn't know that it was messed up. You know, so I think that it's probably great that you have that, that attention to detail. Um, last question that I have for you. When are you, you're going to do all these crazy things and you're going to grow like huge company, all this cool stuff. When are you going to be happy with what you've done or not, not happy, like satisfied with what you've done. I just know I'm never going to be, I've accepted never. that. And honestly, seeing some people like I, you know, I, I mentioned Alex Hermosi just cause he's who comes to mind when it comes to this, but like he's given the kind of, okay, like, you know, everyone's like, Oh, you got to find balance. You gotta do X, Y, Z. He is saying like, Oh, actually I'm just not a balance. Like I'm just not going to get find balance. Like I'm just going to work all the time. But he, I, I don't feel like he's saying you need to be like that. Um, I think for, someone like me, I will be working till the day I physically can't anymore. And and by the way, I, I want to be clear, I'm not working 24 hours a day. And also, it's really, really important for me to be a good present parent. And sure. I care a lot about my kids experience. And like I said before, with them wanting to have good experiences in school and things like that, I'm thinking about it all the time. But also, I don't want to I don't want to be at the end of my life and like say I never really gave it my best shot. That's um, how, so the same way. <laughs> Yes. So That's I'm like super, my biggest fear. Yes. And I think when people are on their deathbed, from what I've heard, they say that not going for something they wanted to go for is a regret. Um, and also like spending time with family. But being a fire person really helps me because I am delusionally optimistic. Like, oh, well, I can figure out how to do both. Right. Um, although being the mom, just being honest, like that has been the biggest difficult part and like mentally it's so difficult because I got to be there for the kids there's been times where I've been pregnant and like throwing up every day there yeah. you know I'm having I just had the baby and I'm like so tired and my husband's trying to help me but at the end of the day like he's the dad and it's just physically we got different responsibilities and roles for here. sure I've yeah. really struggled with that um and then I'm 
but at the same time, like I mentioned, I still, people are like, you have a multi-million dollar company. Like, why are you upset? You should be happy with that. But mm. my mind is just always like that type of person that wants to lean in and get to the next level. So, yeah. you know, I don't know. Maybe I can do it all. Maybe I can't <laughs> crash yeah, and burn. Probably. Who knows? I think you can. I think you can. Well, thank you so much for joining. Um, I, so I'm going to get Cody on for sure. Cause I want to hear like his perspective. And I think I'd actually like to have like both of you back on like just together. I think that'd be fun. Just kind of catch up. But, um, is there anything you want to promote anything you want to talk about here at the end? No, I just want to thank you for this chance. I actually don't have a personal brand, which is why you probably see more about Cody and somewhat on purpose because I was afraid when I was working at Apple in these places to have a personal brand. Oh, um, yeah, I, d- yeah. I don't know if you remember, I was anonymous and I was like terrified to use my <laughs> yeah, name for a long that. time. And yeah. so that, that was a thing. And by the way, I was right to be concerned in all those situations because really? yeah, I mean, when you, if I am wanting to quit my job, yet I'm getting an opportunity that's like somebody's dream job, it's like, I'm going to give it to somebody else. Why would I give you this opportunity that, yeah. you know, you're not wanting, right? So um, I was right to kind of be under the covers on that. But um, I think people just don't really have access to these type of conversations because you have to know the people you got to get in person. So I think it's awesome that you're, you and, and Mike with your Ellie podcast and now this one, you're like putting those conversations out in the open. And who knows, maybe someone will hear this and we'll find commonality and they'll reach out or whatever. Um, but I yeah, so. I think I would love to connect. So from Gold City Ventures, if you ever want to start a business selling digital products on Etsy, it's, I would call it, if anyone is more newer to business, this is like the low risk small business MBA, mm-hmm. where if you're, you learn how to find an in-demand product and if it doesn't work, you know within like four days. Um, and you can iterate quickly. So that's yeah. how I would pitch it in an entrepreneurial podcast. It's also really creative and fun and you don't doesn't take relatively that much time compared to some other stuff. And if you are someone maybe a more experienced business owner, you wanna do a joint venture, you want um, you have an acquisition opportunity for us, or you just wanna chit chat, you can DM me. My Instagram is millennial boss, two L's, two N's. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have to do that too. It's <laughs> the worst word. I hate that word so much. We all thought we were so clever, and then we found each other with the same name. We were like, "Oh, hey." <laughs> God, yeah. I've, I've talked. I've, I've talked to the team about rebranding so many times. Like, mm-hmm. let's just change the name of the website. Let's. But there's like all these like Google implicated. I don't know. There's a lot of complicated stuff. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, I on the Etsy thing. Like, I think it's, I think it's probably the most approachable online business out there. I think it is. Like, I mean, it's just like it's it's easy to do like I know a lot we've promoted it before so like I know a lot about it and I you know I've known you for a while um, but I think it's a great product and I think you guys obviously are crushing with it so it's a really cool entry for people to, to get into this like online business world thank you um, and like I said I really do care about the students getting the results so even after the money is exchanged and we like we are kind of released I want to make sure they get the good experience. So I'm tracking to see, do they reach the hundred sales club? Mm. And I got an idea from you guys. I actually send them a little gift in the mail. Cody yeah. and I mailed that to them, which was directly copied um, from laptop empires and like the celebrations that you guys do for the students. So yeah. thank you for that idea. Of course. Of course. Well, you can come back on anytime you want. Um, Thanks Bobby. And yeah. Yeah. It's great talking to you.